0: This is a HeadGum Podcast. Before we start today's episode, I want to talk to you about an amazing sponsor we have for the show called Ritual. You guys know Ritual. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, They did a great multivitamin. They still do. Um, I take it. I think that's where we first started working with them. They do a woman's uh, daily vitamin, uh, which is also great. And now, thank God, they have entered the protein game with Ritual's Essential Protein. Uh, it's a delicious plant-based protein powder with three distinct formulas designed to meet the body's changing protein needs. Now, here's the deal. Protein is not just about muscles. Uh, protein also can help support bone health and satiety. And as we age, ever so gracefully, uh, we go through uh, you know different stages of life and uh, our protein needs change. And Ritual knows that. So it's important that you choose a mix of for the different life stages that you could be in. Protein's not just for big bros trying to get buff when they're, you know, 18 and 19 years old. That's what I thought. I thought, well, I'm too old for protein now. Let me just eat food. I guess I just won't supplement anymore. Not the case. Rituals got me covered guys. So whether you're lifting weights or swimming, walking dogs, doing yoga, just, uh, you know, sitting on your butt all day, working on the computer, you still want healthy bones, right? So uh, get some of that protein on board. Get some of that Ritual protein and uh, you know, support yourself. Support a healthy lifestyle. I love the taste of Ritual. I love the fact that it's delivered to my door. I'm never without it. Um, I, I never have to uh, drag my old ass to the uh, protein store. Um, you know the protein store. <laughs> That's what I call the health food store. Or hell, they got it in supermarkets now, but where do you even start? You don't know what to pick. You don't know what's good. You don't know what's healthy. Uh, not the case with Ritual. You know exactly what's going on with Ritual. It's another reason I love it. Is because uh, there's the Ritual difference. They they they're traceable. Ritual has a one of a kind visible supply chain. You know the what, how, and why of every labeled ingredient in that protein powder. Nothing mysterious. No names you can't pronounce. No question as to why this stuff is in there. I don't trust a lot of those other protein companies. Those powders those names I don't understand and that I don't know what's what's going on why it's in there where it's coming from uh, also with ritual uh, it is a it is a plant-based protein but you are getting a complete amino acid profile which is crucial you need that from your protein um, and like I said great taste delicious handcrafted vanilla flavor from sustainably harvested Madagascar vanilla bean extract very cool very um, very fancy. Um, so you get a little fancy, a little fanciness with your protein shake in a good way. I mix mine with water tastes great. Ice cold spring water. Uh, sometimes I do it in a little bit of a smoothie. Um, so you can, you know, it's got a good mild, pleasant taste, so you can mix it with some fruit or some peanut butter or, you know, other stuff. And it's going to kind of take on the flavor of what you're using. Um, no, no bad aftertaste like you get with some of those other protein powders, um, and I and I said the three different life stages, guys. So you can choose from three thoughtful formulas with 20 grams of pea protein per serving. Uh, they got their daily shake for 18 plus. They got their daily shake 50 plus, which is adding in a, a little calcium and HMB to the mix, helping you build and maintain muscle mass for healthy and active aging. And you got your daily shake pregnancy and postpartum, which is formulated with extra nutrient support to meet the demands of pregnancy and lactation. One of those categories has to be for you. So pick the one, ask for that kind of protein, and set yourself up, uh, support your healthy lifestyle, get a good protein supplementation program going, and use Ritual to do it. Are you ready to shake up your protein Ritual? My listeners get 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash dumbbells. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Visit ritual.com slash dumbbells today for 10% off your first three months. And now let's start the episode.
1: This is Aaron McGowan, certified personal trainer, and I'm all alone today. You have found us, The Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast where we hope to bring you inspiration, motivation and a little bit of information and then this is the part I normally do just so you know hey dumbbells let's get dumb um hey everybody I'm here alone usually this is where Stanger and I talk about how awkward that introduction is and we try to make our guest Laugh a little bit so that people know, hey, there's someone else to help these two out. So today I don't have that buffer, so I'm just going to get right to it. We have first and foremost, father. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. You are a father. Uh, but we have the one of the hosts of the fun podcast fraudsters, Sina Ghaznavi. I said it <laughs> wrong. I practiced so many t- freaky times. No, I'm going to say it again. Sina Gaznavi. There you go. What's up,
2: what's up, what's
1: up? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm here. What's (laughs) going on, Aaron? Thanks for having me.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for being with me today on the Dumbbells Talking About Fitness.
2: Should I have my free weights with me? I have those little geared free weights. I could bring them. I could be doing reps while we're doing...
1: I thought I put that in the email. Oh
2: Jesus! I can yeah, get just there. like
1: have have <laughs> weights around and and using while we do this. You've I mean, I've get been
2: swole on this show, right? That's the
1: idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we do is we kind of do a quick pump, and that's when we take our pictures. Is right after the pump of the podcast because that's what it's about—is the pictures.
2: I didn't do any rails of protein powder before I just jumped <laughs> into the Zoom here, so I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs>
1: Wait, I don't know if this is real, but I saw this today about have you ever had protein powder? Like of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, you seem like that guy. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> of
2: course, look, um look at these look at these
1: biceps. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's quiver in fear. Um, I mean, people just dropped dead behind you. I mean, this is huge. <laughs> no, but the people like took um uh power um protein powder dry.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Have you, I've seen have those you ever done this? I've seen, no, I've never seen it, but I've seen the TikToks of it, of people trying to do it. And it's kind of, it's in the same category as like pimple popping in a way for me oh, because yeah, I can't, uh-huh. I can't unsee it, but I have to watch them do it. It's like, have you ever done the cinnamon <laughs> trick? Have you ever done like a spoonful of cinnamon?
1: Okay. No, no. It's the, it's I don't a, think I can. I don't <laughs> think I can. I think I would die. <laughs>
2: It I is very funny time. if you you know just it's a fun gag. I mean, I did it a lot to friends in my twenties. It's you know once you hit thirty, <laughs> you can't really do gigs like gags. Okay, like that anymore. for the
1: for the young people and for also me, you eat like a spoonful of cinnamon, right? Yeah, but you really can't.
2: You cannot. It's not pot. It's so dry that your <laughs> your body just starts rejecting it immediately. God,
1: God. <laughs> and
2: it is it is very uncomfortable and not pleasant, but very funny for everyone else.
1: Okay, so yeah, I could see how this protein powder, uh, if you try, I think I might try it for the gram.
2: Yeah. I might. That's good content. What are we doing here? But you I, know what I mean?
1: I, I know, I know. That's we're we're content creators, if nothing <laughs> else. Cena Ghaznavi, content creator. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um so tell me, talk to me. Tell me about your fitness situation. I like to start from the beginning.
2: Yeah. So, like, where you from? Yeah, word. where were
1: you? how did you grow up? Was fitness a part of your life? Absolutely not a part of your life.
2: I'm a maybe I don't know if you've guessed, I'm a very hyperactive person. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, growing up, I played like all the sports. Uh, I played soccer, okay. uh, I played little league baseball until the dad stopped coaching and then the, the, the kids were, were pitching. And I was, I feel like, the only one that had any sense that was like, is this not crazy? There's a nine year old throwing a ball <laughs> at me. I don't trust that he's gonna hit the straight. He's gonna hit me. What are we talking about here? I'm out
1: of this game. Stop okay. playing baseball. See, I didn't know that there was that transitional period. I never played baseball, softball. I was a basketball person. So when I in my head, I would I wouldn't have known that a nine year old throwing you. A pitch might be a bad idea, but it does. Was it nine? Was it it
2: 12? I don't know. But these kids, is I
1: I don't trust any
2: kid my age. I would, (laughs) stop. That's not happening. I played uh, (laughs) basketball. I love basketball. But really, my sport was tennis growing up. I played tennis uh, anywhere from three to five to six days a week growing up. Uh, somehow my wow. parents thought I would become some sort of tennis pro, uh, and I,
1: oh.
2: I. It's so <laughs> cute. Sweet. Well, I'm, uh, my parent, my family's from Iran, and we grew up in Pittsburgh, and which is weird because uh, Pittsburgh is not necessarily a hotbed for Iranians uh, like Los Angeles is. Uh, my nickname okay. in school was Persia for obvious reasons because I was oh. the Persian. And so oh boy. you, you okay. don't have that nickname here in LA. You say like, "Hey, what's up, Persian?" like all of entire zip code turns around and looks at you. So, <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Well, you know, this is problematic all over the place, but I I I love that you are from, well, your family's from I what did you say, Iran?
2: Iran, yeah.
1: Uh, Iran, Iran. And then you Grew up in Pittsburgh. Like that, those just two words are fun to me.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, what, I love it. What, and then, you know, the boy ends up in comedy. Who would have thought?
1: No uh, one. <laughs> I mean, no one saw that coming a mile away. Nobody. So, so you're playing tennis. A lot. You're playing. You're like, um, okay, we have to talk about this because, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's days after the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. It says after the Oscars, I will say that I just finished reading Will Smith's book like a week ago. Okay, and then on the plane ride home, I was flying home from seeing my family, um, and they and we and we since I just finished that book, I was like, oh, I need to watch this uh, King Richard movie.
2: Great movie. And, how did you feel after the book? By the way, how did how the book made you feel? What was the book like?
1: I enjoyed the book. Um, I would say, like I was. I loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air growing up. Totally. And it was fun to kind of like learn about his life before that. Like, I don't think I realized he was a rapper before. Right. And then he, like, I kind of thought he like was like kind of like how Shaquille O'Neal got famous and then was like, let me try rapping. <laughs> and so like, I kind of thought Will Smith had done that. Um, but no, he had done that first. So that was interesting. It was, it was like a little nostalgic. I wanted him to talk a little bit more about his open marriage. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but then to watch King Richard, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Like this could really be his movie.
2: Yeah. I love that movie.
1: I don't think, I don't think it was like an earth shattering performance, but I thought it was like a really good representation of acting, of, yeah. you know. And um, anyway, and then, you know, mere hours later, he slaps Chris Rock. And yeah. then I open Instagram to see your post. This right. is where you come in, Cena. This is where you I come. You are wearing, you want
2: to say it? <laughs> I was wearing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shirt with Will Smith's face on it the entire day. And I didn't realize it. And I was even hanging out with Ed and Jackie, our our friends here in Los Angeles, watching it a little bit. And I was with my wife and my son, and we were just watching it together. And we had to leave early from this little Oscar watch party or whatever it was uh, to go put the kid down. And on my way out, Jackie was like, oh, I really like your Fresh Prince shirt. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I didn't even think about it. And we come home. (laughs) The, The slap happens. I'm like, after a while, I'm like just so triggered, so traumatized. And then I like I come into my bedroom and I like I'm I'm getting undressed to put PJ, PJs on and I'm like,
1: <gasps> oh, oh. <laughs> I,
2: this whole time, this I've been wearing him this whole <laughs> time. This whole time. I felt so dirty. I had to like take a shower. (laughs) I was curled up in a ball. (laughs) No, I didn't have to do that.
1: I mean, I mean, you have to take it in. You know, be tiny as tiny as possible so you can't get hurt anymore. I mean, the shirt is now on the top shelf of the closet
2: here. It's not in the it's not in the rotation anymore. It's retired. It's being retired for a while. I couldn't throw it out because it's a great shirt. It was a great tennis <laughs> it was a shirt. A great shirt, nonetheless. Yeah. It's a great shirt to wear while you're playing tennis because the cool colors, <laughs> pinks and greens. Will Smith's face hit a cool forehand. You're like, ha ha, Fresh Prince. I mean, it's a great shirt, but I had to. Um, I mean, bench it.
1: Jason had taken a picture of me with my two dogs on my couch, like, I like maybe two weeks ago, and I'm reading the Will Smith book, and it's just like the quintessential. Like, this is my was my dream to have like two dogs and now I'm sitting on a couch in my house with my two dogs. And my husband took this picture and I was like, this is good. I'm going to save this for the grid later. Yes. And then, and then now one, I can't use it. And then two, Jason posted it in his story and said, Aaron is team will. What are you? And I was like, this bitch trying to take m- his own wife down. Um, so I I unfriended him. So. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Draw to. some boundaries.
2: Boundaries are important He's in any marriage.
1: X out of there. Sorry. Um, okay. So so you're playing. So you know words like forehand. Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: forehand.
2: Exactly. <laughs> okay. Right. So
1: tennis. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're playing tennis. Your parents are like, this could be. This could be it. He could be making some big strides.
2: Yeah, I think my parents at the time, you know, God bless them. They they knew what rich white people did. And they were like, Mm -hmm. this kid needs to do it because that's how he's going to get in (laughs) and and be successful. But what I didn't realize is Uh, that tennis is like an expensive sport. Like I knew tennis was expensive, but like my parents didn't really have – Much money, but what I later realized in my life is that my parents just like went into debt to make to help me play tennis, which was like explains Mm. why they were so fucking stressed all the time, but never told me about it. (laughs) They were so stressed because I lost a lot like, I lost
1: (laughs) a lot,
2: (laughs) and like I was a good player, but like I wasn't the best, or I wasn't even like D1 level player. But I was the most entertaining tennis player. Like people would come up to my dad and be like, we love watching your son play. He is so much fun. He's got great strokes. And my dad's like, I wish he would win sometimes.
1: (laughs) This poor man. Just just sometimes. Sometimes.
2: I think I won two tournaments in my entire career. Maybe one or two doubles tournaments with my buddy. Uh, I lost a lot, but I loved playing I loved running around the court. It was great to keep me active. I don't have much focus. I definitely have ADD. So, I'm, like, tennis probably is the worst sport, actually, <laughs> for me to have played. But, you know, I can now play any racket sport. So I played tennis all okay. all through childhood. Um I started my first job was teaching tennis when I was in high school and I ended up just keeping doing that all the time. I worked at country clubs that would never have me as a member or my family as a member, but they would have me work and teach the old wasps how to play tennis and their children.
1: I mean, was that fun or was that a nightmare? Because it could really go either way.
2: I actually, you know, I was young enough that I didn't really realize how fucked up that was. And I just kind of took it as normal. And it was still fine. Like, they all loved me. I was the fucking best hitting partner these old folks had. And I, like you know, joked around with them and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it was great. And, like, one day my buddy tried to drive me home in the golf cart from the golf course, and then we got, <laughs> got pulled over by the greenskeeper because he saw us driving on the main road, and then they almost fired me. Yes, but, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. but they were like, oh, he's good at tennis. though. So everyone likes him. We can't fire this guy. <laughs> but I love – I mean, tennis is a great – it's a lifelong sport. Um, and then I remember – uh senior year of high Where'd school, you you're supposed to like play these tournaments, and I would always play in tournaments and stuff like, but there's these certain tournaments called the masters, where a lot of college coaches are basically watching you, uh, okay. and what oh, did you freeze? Oh, do we have a freeze? I think we have a freeze. we have at least your at least your smile. I want to take a take a screenshot.: Recording stopped. I'll stay in this room. Still recording.: Oh
1: my gosh. Art? Hi. Are you there? I'm here. Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. What did it say on your end?
2: Just recording stopped. Nothing. I just saw you smiling. And which is like the worst thing for a person like me to see because I just kept going. And then I was like, wait, she's not moving.
1: <laughs> God, it said it sent me a thing. It was like, Zoom quit unexpectedly send zoom an email oh, and i was yeah. like
2: fuck you zoom
1: <laughs> yeah so i'm just gonna i'm not gonna worry about the zoom recording and we're just gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna mark kind of where we thought where i got cut yeah and then potentially they can fix it yeah because you so have mine sound yeah <laughs> you realizing that you're all alone <laughs> i was like oh
2: oh I've been here before. It's all
1: good. Oh, God. Okay. So let's see. It's about about 18. Okay. Okay. So the last I heard was you are getting driven home by your friend. Oh, that's how fucking far back? Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But if you want, you know what? We could. No, it's fine. I got it. It's
2: fine. Let's go. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: So working at a country club was, you know, it was interesting, and I had really good times. One time, a buddy of mine actually drove me home, or at least tried to drive me home in one of the golf carts from the golf course, and we got pulled over <laughs> by the head greenskeeper. And so they tried to fire me, but then they couldn't because they were like, every all the old people like playing tennis with Cena, so you can't you can't fire him.
1: And so yeah.
2: they tried to like get angry. I mean, angry. that's I was job like,
1: security right there. Yeah. I was like, guys, what are we doing
2: here? I mean, and I couldn't stop laughing. And the greenskeeper was like, this isn't a joke. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it's so funny. I'm in a bro. golf cart. <laughs> yeah, man. he just <laughs> pulled us over. Not even a cop. Like the man who is responsible for the go, the worst person, worse than a cop, really pulled us over. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, tennis was like such a big part of, of my life and. Uh, Senior year of high school, you're supposed to play in these like master's tournaments so that you could get placed uh, in front of college coaches so that you could like, you know, get recruited and stuff like that. And I'll never forget the one day I was like getting ready for this match. And I look over at my opponent and his dad's there like kind of whispering to him and the, and his son is like doing jump ropes and doing like calisthenics to get ready. And I'm over here like doing bits with my buddies <laughs> and then I go out and he just like routes me and like I think that time I tried to sky overhead and I completely whiffed and I came off the court and I was just like – you know, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. I don't think I'm going to play in college. And so around the same time, I decided to go into comedy instead of playing college tennis. (laughs) And uh, really, I don't... I think
1: that happened to so many people where they were like into sports or into like music or something. And then they're like, you know what, I'm actually like, not as good as I could be, and instead I'm going to pivot. Yeah, and make jokes about my entire life. It really
2: was a way better thing. I mean, nine eleven had happened when I was a senior in high school, so like my whole identity of like who I am as a person, Persia, not the best nickname to have at nine eleven. So I decided to like <laughs> get into comedy oh, yeah.
1: instead. I could see that. So, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So. Uh, but that that was how I always was in great shape growing up and I, I loved I loved tennis and, and now and then it was like college and obviously um kind of insane, you know, when you're in college to try well, when, to stay in shape.
1: When you shift to comedy, you also kinda have to get a little fat.
2: Right? You do have to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember actually Henry Zabrowski would constantly tell me, he's like, You could you you could you could you could gain it some weight. You would be good. It's get better when you're a little bigger. And I was like, Okay.
1: <laughs> Okay. that's a great henry impression thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because like truly who wants to see a hot comedian like like you can be hot at some point in your comedy career but it shouldn't be in the beginning like dane cook is one of the only people who had like biceps when they started you know yeah. what i mean it's not no one wants to see that no one wants to see that no you want to laugh with a person and you can't laugh with someone who's hotter than you right so it's like you gotta kinda be on the same plane as everyone else the exception is
2: Godfrey has looked like he's like 28 for his entire like 40 year career He's right but what about his voice (laughs) it's true that's true
1: (laughs) that's his his gained 30 pounds in 3 months yeah there you go it's his his voice (laughs) I mean he's awesome he's so funny but man that voice. Um, so I was gonna ask: Were you like outside of tennis? Did you have to try to work out, or was it just kind of naturally in shape from playing tennis so much?
2: Yeah, there was like a. You know, I had a coach. I played with kids that were in uh, that were nationally ranked and stuff like that. That played in like U.S. Open qualifiers and stuff. So I would train with them, and I would go to the workout. Workouts with them. I do spinning classes with it When spinning wasn't like a dance club, when it was just like right. some Nazi in the front of the room get uh-huh. screaming at you to like, tighten it up, let's go, you gotta push yourself, which is kind of what it is now, but there's not house music playing. Uh, I did spinning <laughs> right. then. And right. then uh, I did some light weights and stuff, but really it was mainly like tennis. I also ran track in middle school and in high school. I ran the mile. So that was like how I did that. So I did some cardio there. Uh, But yeah, I didn't really do too much outside of it, which I think was to my detriment because I never was like that strong. Uh, I always Mm. was just naturally athletic just from playing so much.
1: Yeah. So in college, did you you kind of shift what you were doing or were you just like nothing?
2: So it's interesting you say that because I transferred schools three times so I could keep doing stand-up. And so I started off in D.C. and I was okay. doing comedy there with uh, the great comedy group Recess. Uh, and then I went to L.A. for a semester. I called it my study abroad year. I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I But I was working like the comedy store, belly room and stuff like that as an unpaid okay. regular. And that was fun. And I was 20 years old using a fake ID to get in the clubs, to do stand up, doing nothing of any physical activity. Uh, And obviously I started like drinking more and smoking more pot. Sure,
1: exactly, yeah.
2: And then I moved to New York City to go to Fordham in the Bronx. And some of the potheads I was hanging out with at that time were actually on the squash team. And I met this one dude, this Chilean (laughs) guy. He was like short, pretty, he was kind of, he was basically fat. He was, I would not say he was athletic. He was a fat, short man. But he was like the number one squash (laughs) player on the team. And he was so good. And he was doing bong rips with me. He goes, hey, man, you should come out for the squash team. I was like, squash? I was like, Is, aren't we D1 at Fordham? We're at Atlantic 10, D1 squash? <laughs> he goes, yeah, man, it's great. You Don't worry. It's all We all smoke weed. It's great. And so I roll in. <laughs> so I it's li- all good. It's all good. I walk on. Aaron, I walked on to a D1 squash team. And just got on the team. And I started playing squash with everybody.
1: Holy shit. That's insane. (laughs) It was so much fun. I couldn't tell you. Like, like, is squash like rugby? That's my, that's like, I'm like, is it? I don't know what squash is. I think squash
2: the vegetable has more in common with rugby than squash the racket.
1: Sport. <laughs> okay, that must be what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> should, I, should I quit this podcast? I don't know what squash is. You're doing is. great. I think you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> now
2: there's like pickleball and all this other shit, but like- any racket sport really i i figured out how to play cuz i just been playing my whole is life
1: is it is it racket is, squa- is squash squash is a racket is squash racket
2: so you know <laughs> racquetball do you know racquetball right you got yes a yeah ball, yeah right? okay so yeah. squash is like a little bit thinner of a court i think it's a thinner court there's like a line where you can't hit it um uh you got to hit it above this line And then the ball doesn't bounce, really. It's like a deflated, tiny ball. Okay. And you're doing – it's really lunges. The whole thing is really lunges, and then you're hitting rails so that the ball bounces off the front wall and bounces – like travels along the side wall so that your opponent can't hit it. It works basically the same as racquetball, but it's much more lunge-driven. Crazy. It's very finesse and lunge-driven. So it's really actually – the workout is super core, lots of core – Lots of lunges. So the guys that you see that play squash that were good uh, just have huge quads, which, again, not sure how I was able to play. I think I just, like, scurried around the court enough. And, again, (laughs) I did the same thing. Didn't win that much. Everyone enjoyed watching me play. I made a lot of jokes.
1: (laughs) <laughs> your stand up career is blossoming. It really from was squash jokes. I Not mean it's it's amazing. One
2: person in my life ever said, "Hey man, why don't you just stop playing sports and just perform?" Uh but this is what <laughs> happens when your parents are immigrants and they're just like, "Yeah, don't be a clown." <laughs> yeah, that's all.
1: <awful>. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a clown. My granny told me um, nowhere in the Bible does it say God needs jokesters. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's no. the that's the Texas version of we don't need a
2: clown. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> There's more talk about
2: sodomy in the Bible than there is comedy. So that's something. It to really think about.
1: is. I mean, it's it's something to think about.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's on you guys. By the way, I don't need to fucking.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, oh, oh, oh.
0: What's up, everybody? It's Big Rye. I uh, I miss you guys. I miss you this episode, and I had to cut in real quick because I wanted to to talk to you guys about microdosing. You guys looking into microdosing? I think people are talking about it a lot these days. A lot of the um, the health and fitness uh, population, uh, personalities, the longevity, the wellness gurus. It's uh, you know it's on people's mind. Uh, it's a way that you can kind of um, you know use some of these these, uh, this stuff that's out there and available to us now to boost your creativity or get you more present, um, get you maybe about some better sleep, help with your pain or anxiety. Um, so of course I'm looking into it. I'm doing my research. If you don't know about microdosing, you should Google it. It's very cool. Uh, and, uh, I, 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 I'm just all about wanting to perform better and, and to feel healthier, be optimized uh so it's cool that our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Uh because Microdose Gummies deliver the perfect entry level of THC uh that that help you feel just the right amount of good. Does that make sense? You're feeling just the right amount of good. Not not overdoing it, not taking it too far and not and then not, also not giving you nothing. Um if that makes sense. A lot of a lot of negatives in there, but you guys know what I mean. You don't want some um you know some low-end crap that you're not going to even feel. You want, it to, you want it to hit you just in the right spot. They sent some out to me. Um, I've been experimenting with it. Uh, they really do taste and feel amazing. Um, it's kind of fun. They're they, Like I said, they're gummies, so it's a nice little treat. And you guys know that I have rheumatoid arthritis, so I'm dealing with some chronic pain. And obviously, I don't want to be on pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life. So you know, being able to to microdose with some THC uh to help address some of that chronic pain that I'm suffering with. Um it's been great. And also, you know, getting me in the right kind of zone to where I'm able to uh to sleep at night uh relatively pain free. And then also, you know, I like getting into a, a good creative space. And uh I gotta say the uh the the microdose gummies have been helping with that. So uh I'd look into it guys. I think you'd have some fun with these things. Like I said they taste and feel amazing. And uh, you, I'm sure you're interested in microdosing. If you're not, you should be. I want you to look into it. Uh, so here's what you need to know. Microdose is available worldwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online, or you can go to microdose.com and use the code dumbbells. listen to this, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, and the code is dumbbells for some big savings and free shipping 30 percent, y'all that's a big chunk we're hooking you guys up so give them a try and let me let me know what you think and now back to the episode
1: okay so you're doing lunges i mean truly that's one of when i have my like i would say Every client that I have that I'm like, all right, time to do lunges. Every one of them, and I, I feel bad saying this, but everyone, so no one's special. Everyone hates it. Everyone yeah. hates lunges. Yeah. So you said the word scurried about the court. Is this yeah. like a more fun version of a lunge?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I think I was supposed to be lunging more. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just would like run like my favorite thing to do would be like run up the wall and like jump and then hit the ball. And still, like I said, like <laughs> I was an entertainer. I was not, yeah you were... <laughs> I was not there.
1: You were doing really... like parkour squad. yeah It was so much
2: fun. <laughs> Come on. It's like, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, my lo- I was very, I was in really good shape then too. Like even just by not doing anything for several years, just playing squash. I, I still think squash is fantastic, but it's, that's a real, you got to like be a member of the Harvard club to play in New York City. I mean, it's like, there's no squash courts really anywhere, unless you're at a college. So...
1: Which is probably, you know, why I, I you know, I haven't gone to the Harvard place you mentioned. So it's probably why I haven't heard of squash yeah. <laughs> or known, known about squash. <laughs> <laughs> I I have heard of it, but I love but I, I love lunges when it. I
2: when I did work out. I think lunges are amazing. I like I love that kind of feeling you get when you have a leg day and you can't walk. I think that's the coolest <laughs> fucking that's feeling.
1: The coolest, uh, yeah. I I like it too, but it took me a long time to get there because I because yeah. uh, it is like you don't really think about it. It's singling out one of your legs mm. when you deadlift or squat. You don't single out the leg. So then as soon as you do a lunge, you start seeing all of the um the weakness. Usually one leg is stronger than the other, even though you don't notice it in a squat necessarily. As soon as you do a lunge, you start seeing the wobbles, the yeah. the knee bowing in, the the knee behind bowing in. It's just it's really interesting to watch. I think lunges tell more than than maybe any other move about a- what's going on.
2: Absolutely. I think so. What what is it about I guess yeah, I guess the those other exercises you're 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 mean when you say single out you mean the lunge you're just focusing on those quads basically, is that right?
1: Well, so what I mean I guess is like your like you can do a single leg deadlift. You can sometimes do a single leg squat, but they're truly very hard. A single
2: um, leg deadlift or squat like you put
1: one leg up? Yeah, so a single leg deadlift. Yeah, you, you oh, just use one leg. and you <laughs> Sounds awful. But like a single leg squat, you can do more like a pistol squat. I don't know if you've ever seen someone do a pistol squat, but it's like where you hold one leg out in front of you and then you sit, sit uh, all the way down okay. and then stand back up on one leg. Yeah, no. It's very hard, and there's a lot of variations that can get you there eventually, but... With a lunge, when you, like, take one leg and, and, like, if you're doing a reverse lunge, you take one leg and put it back. Got it. Your the front leg now has to kind of show what it can do by itself mm. to bring you back to center. Um, s- same if you're doing a front lunge or, it just, like, singles out that one leg to be like, all right, what do you got? And... And with those other moves, like traditionally speaking, you would use both legs for a deadlift if you're trying to lift really heavy. Same with squats, you're going to use them both. Um, so with the lunge, you you can't do a a two legged lunge.
2: I, I don't exactly. Think. Yeah, you have fallen over. Yeah. No, it's yeah, you're falling <laughs>
1: over. You're looking sad. You're ending up on one of those like gym fail Instagrams. So, um, so yeah. So I I just. I like and you also have to really use your abs to do it correctly. Um, and so you can kind of see where people's upright, weaknesses right? are
2: there you too. You want to stay upright when you're doing it. You don't want to like lean forward yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, the form is always when I realized like it's incredible when you just make small tweaks in your form and all of a sudden the exercise is like 60% more difficult and you're like, "Well, I'm glad I wasn't even doing it before." Now <laughs> I know. <I> no, <laughs> it's like pretty pathetic. I'll,
1: Speaking of lunges, like I was doing lunges for like two years at this one gym, the same gym. It's a great gym. I still go there. I was doing lunges for two years before someone was like, oh, you need to push through your heel as you stand up instead of your toes. Yep. And I started doing that and I was like, well, thanks for someone finally telling me because I have truly been doing them wrong for two years and- how is this possible? But I will say this as being a trainer now, sometimes you have to like slowly roll out all of the problems with form because if you overwhelm a person at first with how many ways they're not doing it right, they won't ever stay long enough to get to the point where you can go, all right, finally, last thing I'm going to fix is this one little like last tweak. And they're like, what? I've been here for two years. And you're like, well, you were working your way up to this moment that now I can tell you, yes, you never did that exactly right. And now we will fix it because now you're strong enough to fix it.
2: I think that makes like, sense. Absolutely. The same thing. I'm I'm teaching my wife tennis now. We just started playing tennis again. Uh, Cause we have a child Cute. and I'm like trying to not die before I'm 40. So it's like, I got to get back in shape yes. and stuff. And so I'm teaching her tennis and I'm like – I initially was just like, all right, here's how to serve. I'll like, go, do this, do this, do this. Like put your hand up. And then she's like uh, – and I was like, you know what? Just put your hand up above, behind your head, <laughs> cock your elbow, toss the ball, and just try to hit it. And she's like, oh, okay. And then you just you know, start at yeah. the basics, and then you kind of just like work your way up and stuff. So I think that's that's definitely the way to go. And, and you know, you don't want to discourage people. I think that's always the, the tough thing that right. I've experienced too. Going to the gym has been – a discouraging experience mainly because I'm looking around at everyone else. And so that's one part, but then you're also like, (laughs) oh man, like, am I doing this right? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my routine supposed to be? And if you like overthink it, then it's like, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, what are you doing now? Is that kind of where you're at now?
2: Yeah. So, um, my son was born in August of 21 And in September, I was like, this, I need to, one, get out of the house. Two, I need to (laughs) start moving my body around because this is like a whole other experience and I'm more tired than I've ever been. So I started playing tennis again. And (laughs) the first time being out there, I was like, oh, fucking crushing the ball. I found a (laughs) clinic online. I was killing it. I was like, yeah, he's fucking (laughs) noobs. I'm going to fucking show them. I go up for an overhead and I just... Feel feel like I nail it, and I just
1: feel like a little
2: pop in my shoulder. Oh, and it turns out I tore my labrum. And, uh, <gasps>
1: was, oh, my God. Oh, my first time out? <laughs>
2: it was awful. And then I just kept playing. I just kept going. I was like, fuck this. I don't know. I didn't know at the time that that's what happened. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm just like an old man now. And so I kept playing. I was like, damn, this hurts. And I was like holding my son. I was like, that fucking hurts. Opening a door hurts. Damn. Got an MRI, told, tore the labrum, and but oh my it, god, but it wasn't as bad of a tear. He said, uh, so I don't need surgery, but he says you might eventually. So I'm, I'm entering into some PT now. I still play because I, I do some um, resistance band warm ups for like thrower's arm Good. now. Yeah. So I do like this thing and this thing. Uh, which is, Oh, sorry. What's radio? Uh, no, no, no,
1: I like people wondering what this thing is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. I kind of a I little know, bit
1: of this thing yeah, and that this thing. thing. You know that thing.
2: <laughs> uh, kind of like just working the arm out at the shoulder. Yeah, with some different up the rotary shoulder, yeah. exercises and stuff, and that's been helping. I'm in like a league here in North Hollywood over at the Weddington Tennis Club. And, like, it's really I fun. Know I know that. To play.
1: Tennis club.
2: I love it. It's so much fun I'm playing matches and stuff now. So I really want to start playing competitively again when I'm 40 because there's, like, a 40s league. Right now, technically, if I wanted to play in a tournament, I'd have to play in, like, the college circuit era, basically. So I'd be playing, Oh like, boy. <laughs> You know, roided up, you know, 20-somethings. So I
1: can't, yeah. I can't live you that just life. Just wait. Wait it out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> I'm going to get some PT. I just signed up for PT uh, with someone. So I'm going to work it out. I, uh, I, there's an Equinox, apparently, that's opening up down the street. So I'm going to start going back to the gym, I guess. I don't know. Hell yeah. Uh, but I got to, you know, I love. I love just like staying active now. And, you know, we go out for walks and we try to do hikes and stuff. Uh, So many hikes. I mean, just coming from New York City, it's incredible. The only hike that I had was, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're trying to get, like, you know, another (laughs) drink at the bodega (laughs) because everything else is closed, and you did too many uppers, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with myself?
1: Uh, So that's a hike, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that feel – you strap on a 30-pound backpack, and you get after it.
2: Yeah, so – uh now holding my twenty pound son in my in the carrier and going on a hike in like a Runyon canyon or something is yes. a really good <laughs> fucking workout, real. yeah, it's a real workout yeah. so that that's really where we're at now, and my wife is the same way we want to stay active and and it, it gives us a lot of energy i I know it definitely calms my brain down a lot. there's a lot of amazing mm-hmm. things that happen when I'm able to like stay active, but damn it's it's not easy,
1: yeah no and especially being like new parents. I I haven't had a a baby yet, but like everyone that a lot of my friends have just had children and they talk about just like the, like the depth of sleep deprivation is so intense. And like, I, I mean, I can't imagine trying to exercise like, like actually if I was that tired, um, would you say you guys are out of like that zone or are you yeah. like still kind of there?
2: Yeah, no, no. We're definitely out of there. Our, our kid was great. Uh, we also uh, just recently, um, my wife's mother lives with us now for um, for like another four or five months, which is great, by the way. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't. Have this poor man. No, no. It's just fantastic. I always say to everyone, it's not like my yeah. mother's living with us. No, it's her mother. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yes but so but you know in the middle of the night I'm still the one or she's the one getting up one of us kind of gets up and feeds him and stuff like that but he was a good sleeper by about three months and so or you know two and a half three months he would be able to sleep relatively through the night Uh, so we got pretty lucky by that uh, that as far as that goes
1: wow Um, are you gonna push tennis on him or comedy what do you think
2: (laughs) first of all I was like your baby is so cute I don't know
1: like I don't know if you're you know if you guys yeah, he's on your Instagram, right?
2: Yeah, no, we realize that there's people out there that are like, I'm not letting Mark Zuckerberg, like, face-scan my son. And I'm like, I just, who gives a I don't give a fuck. My kid Hey, no, so
1: cute. it's he's so cute. Like, yeah. such a cute baby. God.
2: He's laughing um, a lot now. He's a great laugher, and, which I really appreciate. You know, those first few months, I'm like, buddy, you got to give me something here. I mean, I have not <laughs> Insec- Look alive,
1: kiddo. Yeah,
2: I'm an insecure <laughs> performer. I need some something. Like you didn't <laughs> live inside of me for nine months. You lived inside mommy. You don't suck on my nipples. You suck on mommy. It's like I got nothing. I got nothing. I got
1: nothing. The from least this you could kid. do is laugh
2: at one of my bits. And now it's like constantly, I'm making them laugh, and it's it's so much fun. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: That's cute. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I was gonna put him up for adoption if he if he didn't come around.
1: But, I mean, uh, you gotta you <laughs> gotta give you gotta let them know kinda early yeah, about that. Boundaries.
2: Boundaries.
1: Know, like, <laughs> boundaries. Okay, so what's food like? What are you guys doing? Are you guys like food? Foodies, are you super nutritious? Like, what's your guys's food vibe?
2: Yeah, very fortunate. My wife's an amazing chef. Um, so a couple things happened. Wow, wow. that we, is fortunate. Yeah, yeah, really incredible. Um, when uh, my wife was pregnant, she had gestational diabetes, so she had to. Mm. We had to eat mm-hmm. super clean in the house, which meant all of our meals were like you. Know, we were measuring the carbs, like very few carbs. Oh wow, like fifteen to yeah. thirty grams of carbs. Uh, never going above 30 grams of carbs per meal, which also meant if I did want to go splurge, I was like, Eating Jack in the Box by myself in the car, <laughs> and then like throwing it away in the in the trash before I even entered into the house.
1: <laughs> I think Jason does this. I do like. I'm like, I, well, he. I know he does it um, sometimes, but I'm like, he throws. He like he throws it in our neighbor's trash, oh, and I so like smart. Have seen him way more it. smart.
2: That's so much better. I should do. I should do that. It's a great move.
1: Well, he, he does it because he's embarrassed sometimes. Yeah. That he goes to Chick fil A.
2: Yeah, exactly. And
1: he's like, Chick fil A does, they support bad stuff. And so, like, That's he's bad like, trying politics. to hide it. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I get it.
1: And, and I'm like, listen. You just have to give back to the people they take from. So that's, he has to give money. Say, be careful. You
2: could have just gotten him canceled with just divulging that information
1: <laughs> Just, I know. Poor guy. You know what? What did he do to me? I forgot already, but the he Will did something Smithing. to me. The Will Smith Yeah, the Will Smith thing. <laughs> yeah. He's going down. <laughs> Motherfucker's tap. going down. That's right. Hell Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, um, so, so, we really, a lot of Japanese food. So
1: you were, super, hold on. You were, so you were getting Jack in the box. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah.
2: A fuck. Yeah. Every now and then I, I would just cannot. be like, I need curly fries. I would just like, and it's a block away <laughs> from us. It's like so close. I could just go. Yeah. I, by the time I'm home, it's like already gone. It's like, oh, man. But I'm she like, can't
1: smell it on you?
2: No. I mean, she, you know what she would see? <laughs> so embarrassing. She would, she'd get in the car and she'd be like, what is this? And I had the receipt for the fucking Jack in the Box was in the like, center console.
1: <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, babe, is that what you think? Is that what you think? It's not what you, <laughs> it's not what you think. See, because I can smell it. it. Like you have a mustache too. Like I'm yeah. like this is a, a flavor saver, and it <laughs> is. If you have freaking curly fries, I'm on. I know. I'm like there's some barbecue sauce happening, and I can smell it.
2: Well, you guys, you guys don't have kids yet, so you guys are kissing more than we are. So,
1: <laughs> okay, fair, fair. <laughs> That's the you know. Hey, you ain't wrong.
2: But what overall. We eat a lot of like Japanese food um you know you name it uh she she can make it um and we eat pretty so That's during amazing. her pregnancy, we ate super clean and then now uh, with baby uh we try to eat you know pretty well salads um you know every now and then we'll we'll go out like on the weekends or whatever to have we'll have dinner, but we eat pretty clean here it's it's nothing too crazy we had soba like buckwheat noodles last night with soba sauce it's great. Um, wow Yeah, it's it's um, Very fortunate And also, uh, you know If you have children, breastfeeding It's like the best thing ever Because you'll never gain weight It's like running a marathon every single day
1: All the time It's I know
2: My wife has has lost weight She's lighter than she was before we even had a kid <laughs> And I'm like I'm like, how long do you want to breastfeed for? She goes, as long as I can I was like, you know, it'd be great I was like, you know Come on back It'd <laughs> be great Come on back Come on. Come on back.
1: It's okay. (laughs) That's one of my best friends is breastfeeding. And she was like, I'm going to like order a pizza for myself. And I was like, and she can because she's burning 500 calories every time she breastfeeds for like eight minutes. I don't know how long it takes, but it's like a crazy number of calories that you burn—it's
2: incredible—in
1: a tiny amount of time.
2: I mean, sometimes guys will be like, "Oh, you want some donuts?" i was like, "You do I want donuts? donut?" I'll be back, and I'm like, "Smoke bomb!" is like, "I'm out." <laughs> you see it? <laughs> Come back. I got a dozen donuts. I'm like, "Let's fucking go!" So, uh, whenever and you're, I have the chance, and you're
1: going to be the one to pay that price, you know, because yes, she's know. breastfeeding, so you're
2: fine. I'm such like a—I think my anxiety burns enough calories in general every day.
1: <laughs> that I think well, that if was- you're Active like you say, which I feel like you probably are. Like you're not just like sitting eating a donut. No. You like eat a donut and you're like game time. What's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know and, and f- like like you said, smoke bomb away somehow. Yeah. How I much am, calories does smoke bomb? I don't take, know. I don't know. I don't, I don't I have no idea.
2: But we you know we probably run
1: comparable around. To, to breastfeeding. Something I can't, I can't like imagine that. it's be
2: <laughs> good sprint to the donut shop. Dead, deadlift
1: well deadlift a dozen Sina, I donuts I want to ask you yeah. about your podcast oh, really please. Fast okay. before we yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Okay. It does seem like fraud. Okay, so your podcast is fraudsters. Yeah. Your co-host is Justin Williams.
2: Yeah. The great comedian Justin Williams. PhD yeah. history professor as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You um it feel like true crime has like had its like, I mean, it's always probably been popping off. But fraud seems like, based on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime probably, it feels like it is having its moment in the sun right now. Do you feel like
2: that? uh, Yeah, someone could fucking include me in that moment. I'd like some sun. (laughs) I'd like, I don't, I won't even wear any SPF. I will burn in this moment in the sun. Burn my skin, please. <laughs> I need it. Get out it.
1: there. Get one of those, what is it, like an aluminum foil under your neck. So, you get just get ready for it. It's coming.
2: I'll make some news for you here. I haven't told you. This is not public yet, or it's not public because it's so sad. But <laughs> we were in development on a Miss Cleo documentary and the Psychic Reader's Network, which was our first episodes of season one from, from Fraudsters, and it was going really well. Lots of interest. Lots of people were like, fantastic. I had all this research put together. I had dived. I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I don't practice, but I went to law school and everything because I'm a good Persian boy. And so I had like, you know, really <laughs> read a ton of these legal documents. I got all this stuff together, made a beautiful treatment, one of the more beautiful treatments I've made. And then I get a call from the production company that was just like, yeah, there's um. There's two other Clio documentaries out now, and one was in <gasps> production, and one's already been bought by HBO Max. And I was like, You gotta be fucking kidding me at this time. It's like the closest I've been to selling a show. Oh and my gosh. There's two other people that already did this. There's gonna be two Clio docs, and then people are gonna be like, Hey, Seema, I thought you did the Miss Cleo thing. I'm gonna be like, Oh, fuck my life. So. But there's plenty of other stuff. You're right. It is this time for the, the true con, if you will. I think one of the reasons—
1: Oh, I like that. True yeah,
2: con. The fact that we had a con artist as president for so long, and I think really— <laughs> Hot
1: take. Hot, hot take. Yeah, yeah, hot take. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, really going on all God. in there. Um, you know, like, we don't even talk about politics on our show because my hope for the show was that— it, it stands as like an indirect critique of what politicians already do, right? You know, Trump included, mm-hmm. he's got the Trump stakes and the Trump university, but every politician does some sort of fraud in this kind of way. And I'm not doing any sort of like both sides whataboutism or anything like that, but it's true. Like, I don't need to talk yeah. about politics. I'm showing you all the moves that these people are doing. And my hope yep. was that that's what the show ends up doing. And we do it in a funny way. And we try to make fun of these things so that we can get really close to the fraud and get close to the con and really understand it. I've been a victim of scams multiple times, emotionally, financially. It sucks. It's the worst feeling ever. Um, Years ago, uh, Colin Quinn, I met him one time and I asked him for advice. And he said, uh, write about what makes you angry. And so fraudsters make me angry more than anything. So really happy and and so grateful that Last Podcast Network would give us a home to, to do our show.
1: Well, I I, I was frauded out of my entire, all of my money what? one day. Really? Yeah. And I, I didn't have a lot of money to begin with, <laughs> but I got one of those phone calls that was from um, a guy saying that they had f- found all of my information in somebody's rental car and there had been blood and my, something like crazy, like my DNA was found in this car in Texas Wait and they were so going to help picked me. picked up
2: the phone from a random number. First, first thing.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Copy. Okay, yes. go ahead. Keep going. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um. I I would say like, cause before, this was like um three years ago and it was like right before iPhone started saying spam risk. Got it. And I had the, like the month before been dealing with my student loans Mm. and so that's a number that was not like it did it it was like a you know not a random number but it was you know it wasn't programmed into my phone as Uh,
2: i will say a number you should have ignored as well but go ahead yeah
1: (laughs) right and so i wasn't it wasn't unusual for me to have like to answer a call like that or to be dealing with a phone number that i didn't recognize and it was like two months after Jason and I fell through a skylight, so yeah. I was like mentally, emotionally, Ugh. very fucked Vul- up, like vulnerable, just like yeah, vulnerable. And I, this guy, just I, I was like trying to understand what he was saying, and if I would have just taken a minute, like I would have had a completely different day. But he made it seem like I, he was like you if you hang up, like, like you will get in trouble. Essentially. It was like, he said it more, um, he said it in a way that was like, oh my gosh, I, I have, I have to listen to this guy. And so like, I was on the phone for like four hours with this person and they Got me hook, line, and sinker. How did, they, and how did you
2: pay them? You gave them your credit card information, or your?
1: No, it's so embar. It's so embarrassing. I, know, I think that's I why. Know. Like, I'm so glad you guys are doing what you're doing, and why it took me so long to even watch like Tinder Swindler. Like, because I was like so. Im- like, I'm three years later. I'm still like hot in the face when I'm like, okay, I'll I tell, tell you, you, but it's so embarrassing because it was like the guy. The guy was like, "You need to." close your bank account.
2: Oh, this is so embarrassing. Thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. I
1: got fucking all of my money out of my account in cash and then went to different, like, Ralph's or whatever and got gift cards.
2: Oh, you did the, this. is the how gift they got card me. thing. Yeah, the, the gift, gift card, card thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And... <clears throat> I'm telling you I was on
2: the back or whatever.
1: Crying? I'm crying and like I'm sobbing while I'm like Ugh. reading these numbers to this person and he kept telling me to relax, to calm down, to get some water. That's all he kept saying I and I was just guy. like I know. So, I like uh, I was working for a couple of people um at that time and they were v- very kind to me. And they like gave me a thousand dollars just so that I didn't have $30 to my name. (laughs) And I, the guy, when, when it, when it started breaking down was the guy, um, asked me to call to get more money from a friend, and i was like i can't do that like i i can't absolutely not i can't do that and he was trying to basically he was like trying to tell me that he could help me legally that was like his whole thing it was like i'm going to help you i'm trying to help you i'm trying to help you and um and i was like how is this how are you going to give me this money back i don't understand he was like we're trying to help you Ugh. and so Finally, I was, he was like, he wanted me to get off the phone and call someone to get more money. And I called my mom and my mom was like, oh, oh, honey. Like, I'll never, like, she was like, like sweet. She was like, oh, honey, you're getting scammed. Like, this is a scam. And I was like, it can't be, it can't be a scam. Like, and I realized like how people like can't let it go because if it's a scam, then they. Yeah are silly or like they're, they're dumb or all of these millions of things. And it helped when I like finally told a few people and they were like, Oh, I got scammed too. Similarly, you know, it was my husband's money and I felt really bad. And I was like, okay, at least it's only mine and I don't have any kids and no one's like not going to eat tonight. And all but it was like really embarrassing. And so now I'm like, who wants to talk about scams? Everyone tell us your scam. Like I like, and now when I get a scam uh, a scam alert on my my phone, I answer it and I play the game. <laughs> the other day, just the other Redemption. day this woman was like she was like, "Oh, um is this your address? Um are you looking to sell your home or something like that?" And I was like I was like, "You think I live there? My husband just kicked me out. I hate that man." And I was like cr- like fake crying and she was like um, uh, <laughs> and I was like it, it was I have fun with them now. And yeah. so, uh if someone calls me to scam me, I will waste their time and, you know, hopefully make them feel a little bad or something. So That's
2: the way to do it. I'm glad you're getting your little bit of revenge <laughs> that way. And let me say that you're right. You are not alone. Like our whole show is like if people take advantage of other people, like vulnerable people financially, that is the real thing. And smart people, success, my brother, plastic surgeon, right? He got a call because he was super super busy. He's got two kids. It was like type in your social security number from AT&T. He typed in his social security number in the keypad, and he called me, and he's like they just hung up. I was like – he was like I just – I typed in my social security – I was like – (laughs) <laughs> Why would yeah. you he was like, I didn't yeah. know I was like, dude, it 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 happens to anyone and everyone in just that instantaneous moment where you've got that vulnerability and then they just take advantage of you. I've been there, I've gotten scammed by NFTs like that. I've been rug pulled, I've been scammed by people that I trusted, and I gave them things I should not have. I mean, yeah, it's so it's infuriating. Thank you for sharing that. That is fucking awful.
1: Oh, Ugh. Ugh. I really, I do only share it because it was like such a thing where you're like, he sent me the website that had all the stuff. Like I was, you know, looking back at it, I was like, Oh, that wasn't a real website. Like, God, why was I, but in the moment you're not nothing. You're just trying to figure, fix it, get this guy to help you, whatever. Like, oh man what a yeah. nightmare well <laughs> well do you have any questions for me about fitness before we get out of here oh,
2: oh my god uh okay yeah my actually yes what is the best okay. fitness app that I can use to track like exercises because I'm gonna start you know working out and I, I've tried Google like Google sheets like a spilled school I, I use JetFit. there was some other one I used but I don't know what what is the way to go to like track how I'm progressing?
1: Well, I will say I um I, I don't know that I have the best answer. I don't know if I know that best because I I write everything down in a notebook like uh, I'm an old woman. Got it. Yeah. But there is somebody that I um that I follow on Instagram that now I'm not going to be able to find fast enough. But I will send it to you, and then I can I'll um. I'll talk about it in the, when I post about this, Um, but there it's like a, it's a couple and they have like kind of how they've like broken down fitness in a way that's like, if you are just a person that's going to the gym and you don't have a trainer to kind of guide you, they have broken it down into like, you want to focus on if you have three days a week, you don't like You can do full body for those three days because you can't get in there every day. If you can get to the gym every day, you can do like
2: legs and you can focus on that.
1: Yeah. But and then they talk about like, if you do a push, you want to do a pull. Here are these exercises that are pushes here. But so I I will because I don't want to just stare at my phone and try to find it. Cause that really makes for uh poor podcasting. And that is something I've done. Dead air is um, <laughs> great for the internet. <laughs> God. Um, but that they're, they're really helpful. So I'll send that to you because I do think I will also say, get a trainer for a month. That's mm. like a thing that I, I advocate for. I am a trainer, so it's not like, but I think if you just have a trainer for a, a little bit, It doesn't have to be forever because it can be expensive. But if you have a trainer kind of walk you through, here's like what you would do in a month. And then next month, just do the same thing with a little bit heavier weights. And then circle back with the trainer in another six months and see like, have I improved in these moves? Can we do some new ones? Or, you know, stuff like that. Where I think, like you said, form. If you're doing form wacky, and you're just using an app, the app can't tell you. Exactly. But a human can't.
2: They'll give you adjustments. So
1: yeah. Or a robot, I guess. But and then um.
2: what about when if I'm e- so the if I'm wanna like I always hear that thing where it's like if you drink a beer, it's gonna take you gotta run six miles to burn that beer off. Something like sure. ridiculous <laughs> right. like that. But if I want to like um should I be having a bigger lunch? Or a bigger dinner and doing better during the day, or is it still like the four meals that are small? What's like the like you know how do people make smaller, simpler adjustments uh, for their daily eating life to kind of reduce the kind of like fat production that ends up happening, or the bad fat production, I guess?
1: Okay, so this was something that I learned a lot about in my nutrition uh when i was taking like classes for my nutrition certification and a lot of what i learned was that whatever works for your body
2: <laughs> mm. okay
1: is kind of what works so okay so that's a very simplification of it but like if you're really hungry at like i'm really hungry in the morning and at lunch and at night i'm not super hungry So I, I front load my food because that's when I am probably the most active I'm doing the most. And, and when I have lunch, it's kind of like my after lunch snack feels like the last like time I'm really hungry. And then dinner I have like, I usually just have like a protein and a veggie with dinner. I usually don't have carbs at dinner. It's kind of a habit I got into and now I don't really think about it. Doesn't mean it's bad, but I would say for some people, like having six small meals gives them something to look forward to food-wise a lot of times in the day, which is fun. You know, like you look forward to mealtime. It's when you get to have like a little brain break. You get to sit down and eat, maybe talk to somebody, look at your phone. So I think that it has a lot more to do with what your lifestyle has like. Like what is your, like if you had an ideal Day, how, like, what would your meals look like?
2: Uh, be like Chick fil A, Jack of the Box, and let's finish up with a little thin crust,
1: <laughs> just a thin crust pizza to end the day. Uh, no, no, so, but you know, like,
2: I, I like a high protein breakfast, I like it like a super high pro I don't like to do carbs in the morning. Carbs, I feel it really hard in the morning, like, I get super lethargic. If I eat. like, I can maybe have it most like half a piece of toast with eggs or something in the morning. And then Mm -hmm. lunchtime, very similarly. I can't really have sandwiches anymore at lunchtime. But dinner, I'll end up having more carbs, like potatoes and stuff like that uh, at dinner. So that's generally what I ideally would like to have kind of thing in a perfect world. And then like a midday, I love yogurt, love to have my yogurt. And so I'll have that in like the middle of the day.
1: Yeah, I okay. So just based on that, it sounds like, honoring what's going on. It doesn't seem like you're struggling super hard in like nutrition. I would like just based on the, you know, the hour (laughs) we've been talking. Um, But you know, I would say just making sure you have enough greens across the board. Um, But that's like, you can, the time of day, like if you were like training to be like, the strongest man alive or like in some sort of bodybuilding competition. Like when we get there, I think you could probably play around with what time of day do I eat? What? And after, after I work out, I make sure I do this and this. And then if I don't do cardio, I don't do, it's like, I think what you're doing is great. I think having, should I be eating a pig heart at any point in the day? When (laughs) should that, when
2: is the kidney, the liver, the liver guy?
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's the main thing I did learn about. Um, Pig heart one a day. One a day, one I a think, day, unless you're, ag- unless you're against it. Um, but if you aren't against it, then once a day, yeah.
2: Pick heart a <laughs> day keeps literally everyone else away.
1: <laughs> keeps everyone away and that pandemic vibe life for you. Woo, woo. <laughs> well, Sina, where can people find you online? At Cena now, at
2: S-E-E-N-A-N-O-W on social, uh, Instagram, Instagram. Twitter, we're going to start doing this TikTok thing. Gotta do it. I gotta do it. But uh oh, yeah, you, you and me both. It. Yeah. <laughs> at fraudsterslpm at gmail.com, fraudsters on all platforms. Definitely hit us up. Fraudsters.fm uh is our website.
1: Um and similarly you can find us at the dumbbells um or send us questions, whatever, if you want to flex Friday, send us what you did, what you're proud of um, at not at, but you know at ask the dumbbells at gmail dot com and you guys uh give stanger some shit for not being here. I guess he's being a movie star, which is like in this uh in our podcast family, like we do each of us will eventually become super famous, so hell yeah our uh before me, Eugene Cordero has gone on to be super famous. Now, Stanger is following in his footsteps to become super famous. So I can only imagine it will be me next. Seems reasonable. And hopefully also for you. So uh, with that, everyone, I'd like you to, to remind you to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. Woo! Bye, <laughs> bye,
0: bye. bye. <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast.